Three, two, one. We've been through a lot, now we're headed to the top, and it's only getting better. Just watch, because we got that defense, 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 yeah. Welcome into episode six of the Bluegrass Blitz. I'm Zach Oaks, back from a week-long vacation where uh, Sean and Derek hosted last week. They did a great job, and they're back with me this week, and the whole crew's back together. Guys, how's it going? It's good to be back up here, buddies. Doing really well. I know you successfully outrun, uh, outran Hurricane Ian, which I'm sure you're very proud of. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a fun trek up the East Coast as Hurricane Ian was making its way in. And it was on your heels the whole time it looked like you were you were just right out ahead of it the entire time yeah luckily enough it slowed down and i sped up and got away from it but uh, good deal yeah i've successfully outran hurricane Ian, so chalk one up for me <laughs> well guys uh I, well i was off last week and uh, got to watch a little bit of college football got to watch that kentucky game i'm not sure i'm i'm not sure i'm really glad i watched it it was a uh, uh, it, it just ended up seemingly making me more frustrated as the game went on. But um, Kentucky loses 22-19 to on the road in Oxford at Ole Miss and first loss, first loss of the season. And um, really just a loss that you look back on and you're going to say, wow, you just kept shooting yourself in the foot for four quarters. Yeah, guys. Um if you would have told me we would have held Ole Miss to 22 points, I would have said, well, that's great. We we probably win that by a couple of touchdowns. And to be honest, we probably should have, guys. Uh, Ole Miss was lighting us up in the first quarter. But after that, our defense only allowed three points for the rest of the game. And if, if had you told me that we would have we would have held them to three points for three quarters, our defense, I would have said we won by a lot. Yeah, just so many, so many late miscues there, guys, uh, by the Cats. It's one of those games. I've said it before. Uh, after it was over, uh, I talked to myself during these games, and I'm like, you know, that's three hours of my life. I'm not going to be able to get back, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but so many missed opportunities. The uh, you know the tripping up there of Barry and Brown as he's making his trick there on that on special teams. Team yeah, minutes. absolutely. And you know that's crushing the the late penalties there, the fumbles there by Levis. Uh, it was just uh, you know you could just kind of see it snowball there. And we still, even after I thought we were completely out of it, we got one more chance there at the end. You know, and, and scored and, a touchdown. Yeah, and, and still found a way to. Uh, you know mess it up somehow but you know uh we're used to it that's uk football it man it hurt but uh they got a chance to, to really come back and and hopefully in a big way uh get some positive mojo back against south carolina this week you can still have a very special season but you cannot let that loss turn into two and we've seen it happen time and time again zach it just it seemed like after they lost to georgia last year then they remember they lost to mississippi state got blown out and then uh, lost the next week to Tennessee. So you, I think they, they really need to come out Saturday, be focused, and uh, hopefully they can come out in a big way. Yeah, um, I look back at that game, and I, I sat and made a full list every stupid mistake that was made. <laughs> I, mean, you miss a field, I mean, you miss a field goal inside 40 Special yards. teams was horrific, that, that aspect yeah. of the special teams. You, you miss a field goal inside 40 yards, and Ruffalo typically has been pretty – pretty solid within that range you know once he gets outside you know 45 or closer to 50 you know it gets a little more shaky but inside 40 he's usually been really really good so misses that you have an extra point blocked you have a mishandled snap on a extra point attempt ends up not going anywhere 
<clears throat> Did you mention the blocked one, the blocked extra yeah, point? You yeah. get that ball, you have that one blocked. You go back and look. You know, typically Kentucky's been really good about fielding punts and not letting them, not letting them roll. Well, you know, you have that one where uh, Tavian Robinson doesn't field the punt. It rolls back to the one, and then uh, you know Will Levis ends up taking the safety. So. Yeah, and that that safety was totally on Will. You know, you, you guys, you cannot take a safety in that situation. You just can't. And then you, you, you all touched on it. Barry Brown on the kickoff return gets tripped by his own teammate. If he doesn't get tripped there, he's taking that one all the way. Kentucky was in the red zone, what was it, two or three times and came away with absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was Derek Jackson dropped what could have been easily been an interception. Uh, a smoke. Yeah, Kabosier smoke has a drop. Uh you know, the missed targeting call on the on the Will, first Will Levis fumble. And that was targeting. Yeah, and – but I can't. I can't blame that. Now I, I blame the replay official. I don't blame the officials on the field because I didn't see it. No, a, a lot of times in that situation, it's pretty obvious. But I didn't see anything. Yeah, in real, in real time, you didn't notice it. But on replay, it, it, I think it was. I think it was pretty clear. It was targeting the replay official for some reason opted not to look at it. And uh, Barry and also had a couple of drop passes. You know, Will threw a couple of fifty-yard bombs, and they were right there where they needed to be. And Barry and just you know he couldn't secure it. Talk about. The name, the name key touchdown at the end that gets called back because Will doesn't give his receiver a second to get set. Just a millisecond. Yeah, just, now, there's been some talk about that, Zach. Apparently, uh, he was in the slot, and you know, if you're not at the line of scrimmage, you don't have to be set. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about football, but do, yeah, do you I, have any comment on I that? Would need a, uh, I would need somebody that's got some more knowledge of the rule book. I don't know. You see that a lot of times. You see a slot receivers moving around. I mean, Kentucky does that a lot in the regular offensive yeah. formations. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe the way he the way he was moving, the manner in which he was moving, caused it. I don't know exactly. And then uh, one that was really interesting to me, Mark Stoops declined a holding penalty on third down that would have pushed Ole Miss back ten yards on that last field goal they made and kept him kept that kicker within range. Now, I understand third down, you know, you you know, you want to go ahead and get to fourth, but it was going to be third and long. Yeah. And, and that was an interesting call by Stu. That, that, that's, that, that's tough, you know, because, I mean, our defense did well, but it just seemed like there was a lot of third downs where we just could not get off the field. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I probably would have taken the call myself because I think that probably would have made it like third and 20 or something yeah, like that. And, and you're then you're looking at a – I think it was, I can't remember how long the field goal was. It was near 50 yards. Yeah. So then you're looking at a 60-yard field goal, and they're probably not taking that. So I, but of course, you know, that's, you know, that's all hypothetical on, you know, an incomplete pass on third down or whatever. They're not getting any yards. Who knows what would have happened. I, to me, I probably would have pushed, I would have pushed them back 10 yards, put some faith in my defense and said, you all make a play here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stoops didn't. It was kind of an interesting call. I, I thought he would go the other way on that. But uh, that resulted in, you know, that kicker being in range. That kicker's got a really good leg, but he's not kicking a 60-yarder, you know? No. So it was a it, – it's one of those things. Could It could have ended up backfiring if he'd accepted the penalty. So I, I don't blame Stoops totally on that. But uh, to me, I thought I thought accepting the call would have been better. But there, that's just a, a list of weird things. That if one of them goes the other way, you just know, one, you're, just you're, one. Yeah, you're looking at a totally different outcome of the game. I mean, if I mean if Barry and Brown said if Will Levis waits another half second, 
you know, all the talk is, wow, look at what Kentucky did down there. And that was a great throw, a great play great by throw, Key. Great catch. I mean, that's a Sports Center top 10 play. Well, I mean, the whole narrative shifts. I mean, it's, it might be one of those moments we look back on and be like, what if? You know? So it was, it was a tough game. I was. It's fr- it's more frustrating, you know. We did. It wasn't a case where we got beat. We beat ourselves. Yeah. I almost. Me and Derek were talking. I would rather get blown out, Derek. I'm not kidding. <laughs> those, yeah, those close losses like that really eat at you more than oh, they you make know. You, angry. you accept a thirty point defeat long before the clock ever hits zero yeah, or whatever. So say, hey, it's not our day. Let's come back. But you know, guys, I want to get both of y'all's opinions. There's a lot of uh, negativity going at Will Levis. So people saying he's not a first. There's no way he's a first round pick. Or anything like that. And I just feel like, you know, yeah, he made some mistakes, but some of those throws, man, those were NFL throws. They were, and you've got to, to realize that, you know, the talent he has, you know, he, he does have some drawbacks, you know, and yeah, every player does. Every long. player's going to have some issues they're going to have to work through. But when you go down the, the list of quarterbacks and look at all the intangibles, Zach, of of each one, you know, Levis really checks a lot of the boxes. Will that Levis the, over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, uh, you he, hate. <laughs> Zach's more of an NFL guy. What do you think? Here's what I think. I think that if you say Will Levis is not a first round quarterback, I think it's hot garbage. Because look around. All right. Who, who is, who's a better quarterback prospect? CJ Stroud, I think, is the only one that you can make the argument. You know, people say Bryce Young, but he's smaller. He's on the smaller side, and he's injured right now. Bryce Young could. Bryce Young is a. Has some of the, has a lot of the intangibles, but just physical traits. NFL teams are going to be very weary of that. Yeah. How many NFL quarterbacks do you see this size? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is an elite. Runner. Yeah, and he's had his issues himself. Now he seems to have straightened yeah. things out. But you know, people you know, have Drew been Breeze, man. But Drew Brees had Drew Brees and Bryce Young are not the same quarterback. No, it, it, no. So. It, when you look at that, and I know you can look at numbers on it. NFL scouts do not look at numbers. They don't care about them. They care about – when they look at Will Levis, they see a guy who's 6'3", 6'4", uh, you know, big guy, built strong. Yeah, like 230, you know. And, or, and he can throw bombs that are very accurate. Has a heck of an arm and can make plays with his legs. When NFL scouts look at him, they see Josh Allen. Yes. And they see a guy who can be like Josh Allen. Josh Allen right now is probably one of like the top two or three front runners for the NFL MVP. Yeah, it's probably what, him and Mahomes at the top right now of the league? Yeah, there's some, yeah. I mean, it's really early, but uh, Josh Allen's going to be in that running. And Josh Allen's one of the, you know, three or four best quarterbacks in the league. So, and you can see when you put them side by side, I mean, you, I mean, I follow some NFL scouts on Twitter and they're, they're saying this. When you put them side by side, the college tapes together, they look very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen's a little bit bigger, um, but the arm, but the arms, the arm traits, all that—they're very similar. And Will probably has a better winning record than Josh Allen did. Josh Allen was at Wyoming. I think yeah. Will was what fourteen and four as a Kentucky yeah. QB. So, so you look at that, and then you, and then you take the intangibles, leadership traits. You know, you know, guys want to play with him. Was, and he's just tough, man. Yeah. I mean, you saw his finger—the bone dislocating his finger. <laughs> he gets it popped back into place, and it didn't really affect him. Yeah, his, th- his throwing motion is is so fluid. That's what the NFL scouts are looking for. They're not looking at 
whether he whether he fumbled twice in the game because that's stuff you can that stuff you can work with. Yeah, yeah and he, even even the holding the ball too long, they can fix that. But yeah. if you can't really, you can't teach somebody to throw a ball fifty yards down yeah. the field. That's what you, any major sport when they are looking at who they're scouting, who they want to draft, who are their prospects. They're they're looking for physical traits because the other stuff they can work on. Mm-hmm. You know, in basketball, when you, you know that's why. Players get drafted in early in the first round of the NBA draft that didn't put up big numbers in college. It's because well they've got great size or they've got great speed or they're super. <laughs> Shane and Sharp. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know baseball. You know when they're drafting, they're looking at a guy who can throw the ball a hundred miles, you can throw a pitch a hundred miles an hour, or just has incredible speed or incredible strength or something like that. It's stuff you can't. It, those kind of physical tools you can't teach. So when you look around. Will Levis is, in my opinion, one of the three best quarterbacks in the draft. I think I think C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Bryce Young. So you're telling me that as many quarterback needy teams as there are going to be in this draft, and there's going to be at least five. You're going to tell me he's not one of three taken in the first round. At worst, he's a second round pick. At worst, yeah. And barring barring something, I think he, I think he would have to fall off the cliff to go down to the second round. Barring something weird happening where there's like some trades and some free agency and some of these because that's what you got to look at too. These you know how these quarterback openings work. But at worst, to me, he's a second round pick. And barring him just completely falling apart or something crazy happening like you know major trades or something, he's going to be drafted in the first two rounds and it's most likely going to be a first round pick. And probably in the early part of the first year. Yeah, somebody will take a flyer on him early. I'm pretty confident in that. And, you know, Zach, these NFL franchises, you know, they have these offensive minds, these these gurus, and the the people on the staff that will work with the – you know, they they see him. They know they can take him and and mold him to what they want him to be. You know, they're not going to be worried about college numbers or whatever. They see the the talent out there and what he's able – you know, his physical traits, his attributes, what he's able to do, and then, you know, they'll just, you know – kind of mesh that into what they want him to be. Look at the great quarterbacks of the NFL. I mean, how many of them are short? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Now, now Kyler, is, Kyler is just a, an exception. I mean, he's he's a special athlete. Yeah, he's an exception. Well, generally, quarterbacks that small do not have strong NFL careers. Now, I think Bryce Young is a really good quarterback, and I think he has the possibility to buck that trend, but NFL teams are going to be weary of that. And if they are looking, if they've got two quarterbacks, and they see, well, this one has the physical traits and one, this one doesn't, but maybe he has some of the stuff we can work on better. Well, they're gonna take they're gonna take the they're gonna take the advantage in physicality, the advantage in physical tools over some because they can't they can't make Bryce Young grow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean Yeah, and one big hit. I mean he that could he's, he's so, injured. I, so I, I mean I mean me personally, if I'm an NFL scout, I, I would take Will Levis over Bryce Young, but I mean we'll see. But anyway, I I yeah, well, you take a look at like a player like Russell Wilson, who's not that, you know, doesn't have that height really, but he's been able to succeed in the NFL for the most part, signed a big contract here not too long ago. Uh, but where was he drafted? You take a look. He was drafted, what? I think third round. Yeah, he was he was way on down there. So, you know, sometimes they work out. You know, it's not on height at the quarterback position is not always the, the be-all, end-all, uh, but it certainly helps. And I think, you know, if you've got a 6'3 guy and you've got a 5'10 guy, and you know they're very close. A lot of times you're going to go with that six three. You yeah. know, and, and, my, and you know, not my, most of the time, somebody of Will's size is going to be more durable than Bryce Young. It's just that's just the truth. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, size doesn't always make a difference in how your NFL career plays out, mm-hmm. but it oftentimes makes a difference in where you're drafted. Yeah. So, uh, I think I think Will Levis will be drafted first round. I think he's going to have a good NFL career. Um, I, it kind of depends on where he gets drafted to. If he gets drafted to a bottom feeder, I don't know how it'll go, but uh, we'll we'll just kind of see. I think I think he's got a good future ahead of him, and I think if you're if you're just spending your time criticizing him, uh, you're really wasting your time and you're missing out on one of the best quarterbacks Kentucky's had in a long, long time. I just think he's being held to an impossible standard, to be honest with you. And, you know, he had a lot of hype. And, but 14-4, and four, I'm sorry. He's been excellent. I remember last year the first game we went to, Zach, and I was like, we finally got a quarterback. Yeah, he, ma- he makes a lot of plays that we haven't had a quarterback make in many, many years. And I love Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson had a good record, but he couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's lots of guys that enjoyed having I mean, I like Terry Wilson. I like Steven Johnson, you know. But those guys couldn't make the kind of plays Will Levis makes. Now, Will Levis is going to make some mistakes. I mean, that's it's part of being So does Tom Brady, you yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tom Jimmy, Brady's the GOAT. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo ran out of the back of the end zone a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Lawrence was a – yeah, it was an excellent college quarterback. He gets in the NFL, had four fumbles in a game last week. I yeah. mean, it, it happens. I mean, I, What's that can't. thing Cal says? They're not robots, they're not machines? Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't expect perfection out of him. So I think I think if you're spending your time criticizing Will Levis, being like, oh, he ain't even an NFL quarterback, whatever, I think, I think that takes a lot of garbage. Yeah. yeah. Guys, before we kind of move on to, to whatever's next, I kind of want to circle back to – you know, just UK football in general in the, in the defense. I don't know if this is something that's really being talked about as much. I've, I've kind of stayed off Twitter and all that this week. I don't really like going on there and seeing all this stuff after a loss. But uh, defense, defensive side of the ball. Of course, we were down J.J. Weaver. Uh, was it Jalen Geiger went down early in the season? Uh, you know, that's a couple of players that's down. Uh, and then you got Jacquez Jones suffering an injury against Ole Miss. I think some of these injuries, they, you know, that's starting to kind of worry me a little bit, it, you know, the way they're worrisome. kind of piling up. Uh, the, the Jones injury, yeah, you want him, but you're, 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 you're very deep at that position, Zach. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, it, it is concerning. You know, as you know, I mean, yeah, you can have depth if everybody's getting injured. You know, it's eventually going to become a problem. Um, but, you know, the, the defense has been great. Yeah. It's been excellent. I, I, mean, I just Brad want, White I just, has done excellent. I'm just worried that, you know, at some point it's going to start affecting. You know, I know that we, we have depth and everything, but, you know, there's a reason those guys are first string. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jacko's Jones is, I mean, that guy's been in college for what? And, I, and I've said it. And I've said I said he he is such an underrated transfer that came up here. I mean, he, and especially I mean he made a lot of plays last year. Yeah, and, and he's he's made some good plays this year. But also, I mean, you know, you talk about JJ Weaver. You caught a stroke of luck there with uh, with JJ Weaver because that injury looked bad. Yeah. I mean, I watched. I I didn't see it in real time, but I watched the video and. It, it was scary. It looked bad. Well, it looked like a, kind of like a dislocated the elbow Youngstown or something. The game, right? Yeah, yeah they. they uh, I was, of course, I was there, and yeah, it was very scary in person. I thought, man, he's done. Yeah, it looked like he broke his arm. Yeah. Um, but so you caught a stroke of luck there, and it looks like, I mean, from the sound of it, it sounds like he's going to try to play this. Saturday. I, my biggest concern, guys, and I agree with Derek, we do have to be careful with those defensive injuries. But I'm really concerned about Flax, Jeremy Flax, the offensive lineman who got hurt in the Ole Miss game, thought it was just some cramps. Apparently it's a hamstring injury, and it looks like he is not going to be playing this weekend. And you saw when he went out, the very next play was when Will 
you know, he didn't have a pocket and he fumbled the ball. Yeah, I think well, I think what you're going to have to do against South Carolina if he's not there, um, you know, I I would like to see them try to put Keontae Goodwin out there a little bit and, yeah, I mean, and give him some game reps. Uh, People will say, "Well, he's not. He's not ready. He's not ready." I mean, come on, dude. He's a five-star player. Put him in there. There, there are five-star freshman linemen, several four stars, three stars, probably playing already all across the country. Let's get this young man ready and get him out there because we're going to need him. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, you don't have to play him every snap, but he, he need. I mean, how? I mean, you know, to get ready. I mean, to, to you know. Get up to game speed and get to where you can be. Yeah, they, don't don't put him out there against Georgia to start him. Put him out there like this weekend. I mean, you, you, and, and, and here's here's a situation where you're likely going to need him. I mean, especially if Wallabaugh is is struggling. I mean, you're going to have to figure out something. But I think what Scangarello's going to have to do this week, if Blacks isn't available, is really work on the short passing game and you know make it to where. Will Levis has a lot of short throws, quick throws he can get out. And Levis is going to have to do that. Mm -hmm. He loves to hold the ball and loves to try to make the big play. And I get it, but you got to protect yourself and also avoid – negative plays. And Will's a good runner too. You know, there's a there's been a few times this year, guys, where I've watched him and watched him get sacked where he could have gotten four to five yards if he just you know, it just seems like he stays in that pocket for too long sometimes whenever he could scramble for a few yards. Yeah. You know it's funny, we are uh what, about ten, fifteen minutes into this, I didn't even talk about Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, um, that was a welcome, welcome sight. Yeah. It's nice seeing him out there again. You know, you dragging defenders. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we still had some O line issues. There was a few times where they got back air on him, but even then, he'd still get one to three yards. We also got to remember this Ole Miss defense is not your typical. It's not Lane. It's not the Lane Kiffin just offensive team. That that's a really good that's defense. A, that's a good defensive unit. It's a good defensive front. So. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I thought Rodriguez played really well. Especially. I was more impressed with their defense than their offense. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, man, makes he makes a big difference. Uh, Huge. And I love Smoke and I love uh, Lavelle Wright. That's just not their – that's not their game. Chris is a – he's a power back. Well, and he's just – I mean, he's just different, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, that shows the difference between having a top-level SEC back and a mid-level SEC yeah. back. I mean, and those, those, those guys are great. They're, they're good rotation pieces. But you, but for Kentucky's run game to be what it ultimately can be, it needs to have Chris Rodriguez, and so that was a good welcome sight to have. Well, I mean, we'll see. I hope the offensive line issues. Maybe I mean Jeremy Flax isn't ruled out for Saturday. Yeah, so, um, there's a chance he still could play. We'll see. But you know, know. There, there's a point where we have to just say well, he is who he is, and we this. Now, I think here in a couple of years, we'll have the big blue wall once again because there's so much talent. You know, I am so excited. I mean, I'm excited for this year. But, you know, you keep this talent here, guys. Kentucky could be really special here in a couple of years. You know, you get your quarterback, and I have no doubt we'll be able to find one. But, you know, this may just be a year where it's a gap, where we have, we've got a lot of young linemen and we've got to let them develop. Yeah, and that's why that, that goes back to my point about Goodwin. I mean, he, he's viewed as, you know, a future – Starting tackle. Yeah. I mean, you can I mean, I'd like to see him get. Is he red shirt? He's a, he's a true freshman right now, but I mean, I don't know if they're planning. They're probably planning on red shirting him. Well, you can still play four games. games. So, the, yeah. So I mean, look, if, if Walhawk gets out there and struggles, they're going to have to figure out something because they can't just let that right side of the offensive line just be. I mean, South Carolina's got a good defensive line too. You so. can't risk. I mean, you know, the more hits Will gets, the 
better likelihood he is of getting injured. Yeah, so you got you going to try some things. May I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I don't yeah. know exactly how the offensive line is going to end up on Saturday. I hope Jeremy Flax is able to play because he's had, he's had some he's had a few plays where I'm like, oh man, he's struggling. But for the most part, I've seen. It seems like we've seen a lot of improvement out of him from yeah. the opening week. I tell you who I want want to be right now, guys, and that's the Louisville Cardinals. Yeah, what a oh gut wrenching loss to Boston College Saturday. Who's not very good. Not. Boston College, not a very good team. Louisville led the vast majority of that game. Um, and then Boston College, because that's when I think it was 34-33. Mm-hmm. And that's I, – I, when I saw the ending to that game, I felt that's probably the end of Scott Saturday. Yeah, um, because, you know, you look at their schedule, guys. They've got uh, – does Louisville have two wins or three? Are they at two – uh, I think they're two and three right yeah, now. Yeah, they're so. two and three. So you need four more wins to get to a bow. And I don't know if they can get there, guys. I mean, looking at it right now, I think I think they'd probably be lucky to go four and eight. Anyway, what? They're a slight favorite this weekend Virgi- against Virginia. They're, they're at Virginia this weekend. And by the way, I think if they go to Virginia and lose, I think Satterfield's probably fired the next day because after this game Saturday, they got a bye week. Yeah, I – I tend to think I tend to think if he loses that one coming off that Boston College loss, I don't really like his chances. Because if, if they lose this weekend, I just don't think they have a chance to go to a bubble because here's their upcoming schedule. You got at Virginia, Pitt comes to Louisville. Now, Pitt, Pitt was obviously very overrated coming into the year, but still a decent team who I think will beat Louisville. Yeah, fail stale. Uh, Wake Forest, I think they could probably blow out Louisville. Wake has been very good. You know, I mean, this is maybe a dumb take, but James Madison, who is new to the FBS ranks, they're undefeated right now. That's not a horrible team. Then you got at Clemson, NC State comes to town, then at Kentucky. So, I mean, I think if they don't win this weekend, it's pretty much a guarantee they will not be going to a bowl game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you've got to win. You've got to win this weekend to keep your bowl hopes alive. And I still don't think they're going to get there, but you have to win Saturday. On the way back from Virginia, if they lose, they may just drop him back off at Appalachian State <laughs> when they come back to Louisville. I think I probably would. But my bold prediction: whenever we play Louisville, I don't think Scott's the coach. Now, there's been some reporting that maybe Louisville may not have enough money to pay his buyout because they're apparently they're paying some other buyouts. Then you'd have to pay his buyout and go get another coach. So there's some financial issues at Louisville. But if they really want him out, they'll was, find them out. I was getting ready to say, you know, we hear all that all the time about these schools that they can't pay buy that you know, like, oh, it's a huge buyout. So, but they, when if it needs to happen, and, and there's certain people that want it to happen, usually gets done. Don't it, and it should have happened last year. They could have got Jeff Brom, who I don't know if Jeff Brom's a good coach or not. Purdue's kind of iffy but i mean it's also purdue yeah purdue's a hard place to win uh, i think i think jeff ron could have some success at Louisville if he's the coach and he's probably going to be priority number one I, I don't know yet i'm i'm not sure yet if they fire satterfield during the season um well you know that's something else you know a lot of times we see that these coaches get fired mid-season because you got that early signing period. You know, we just had Wisconsin's coach, Barry Alvarez, or not Barry Alvarez. (laughs) We just, uh, what's that guy's name? Paul Paul Chris. Yeah, Paul Chris. He just got fired, which, you know, it's kind of surprising. Auburn is probably going to fire Brian Harson. So, I mean, that's another thing. There's some big jobs that are opened up, and Louisville was probably, 
you know, Louisville's still a good school, but, you know, it's went down over the last few years because of the mess that Bobby Petrino left. I'll say this. If if they lose to if they lose to Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest three in a row, then, and then, then you go back to Boston College four in a row, I think I think that would be – but now if they – I do think there's a decent chance if they lose to Virginia, they just go ahead and let them go. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. You know, Malik Cunningham got hurt in that Boston College game. We've not heard anything. And they brought in that backup quarterback. No offense to him, but I watched the last few minutes of that game. He was awful. He struggled. Yeah. Struggled. Yeah, and – you know, I was trying to look around and see. Everybody's quiet on Cunningham. I think he. That's scary. I think he went into concussion protocol and. Uh, well, know. with what happened with Tua Tungavola in the NFL, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, uh, stricter, uh, stricter things when it comes to concussions. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we'll see. It, it seems, there's some rumors floating that he's uh, that he's been ruled out, but mm-hmm. it, it, nothing confirmed yet. So he, he may still play. I tell you what, if he doesn't play, uh, Virginia, I mean, Louisville's only a three-point favorite with the idea that he's probably going to play. If he doesn't play, Virginia might become the favorite. And I think if he doesn't play, Virginia might blow Louisville out because Louisville has no defense. And let me tell you all something. Don't sleep on James Madison. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a solid I, I, I You should beat them. Yeah, I don't think they're – I don't – I think Louisville probably wins that game, but that'll be a game that, you know, you go into halftime and you're like, you know, maybe a one-score game. And mm-hmm. So, we'll see. If Blake Cunningham's out this week, Louisville's going to be in some deep trouble. Yeah. Uh, guys, we'll go on to a couple of other uh, quick topics. Western had a tough loss to Troy, and Troy, of course, coached by former Kentucky assistant John Summerall. Uh, that was a big win for them. I know Nick Shears shedding a couple of tears. Uh, this week. That was a close game. Western almost pulled that one out. Hey, our boy Bailey Zappi getting the start for the Patriots. How about him? Yeah, Bailey Zappi. How about this? Bailey Zappi, of all the rookie quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi is the first one to throw a touchdown pass. That, that, hey, we said Bailey Zappi for Heisman last year. Yeah, now it's Bailey Zappi for MVP. Bailey Zappi <laughs> yeah, is going to be the next Tom Brady for the Patriots. Oh, you watch. I, I don't know if it – I think Hoyer actually started the game and was injured just a few minutes in. Yeah, I think uh, he's gonna be the starter this week. So Zap, yeah, because they have hired or went out and and found and signed a, a quarterback. I don't even know who this, who this guy is to to, to maybe back. Cole uh, McCoy probably. He's I, always getting backup know. jobs. He's not whoever it is. He's not very good. He's some practice squad player from years gone by. They've hired to come in. I don't know if he's gonna. They said he may get the start or Zappy. So surely, to goodness, if Zappy who's been with the team will will continue to. Uh, you know to have the reins there, but yeah, he's like he said, he's got the Bailey makings Zappi of the next Tom Brady. Video game last year, he was an absolute video game. Me and Zach talked about him every single week, wanting him to become the Heisman front runner, and nobody listened to us. <laughs> yeah, Bailey Zappi for NFL MVP. Absolutely, I, I think Bailey Zappi right now could uh, overtake Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's my one big take. And I think uh, you had Belichick and Tom Brady. Well, now you got Belichick and Bailey. Well, you know, speaking of, speaking of NFL MVP race, I saw that Geno Smith is like the – like the fifth best odds. You know, how about that? You know, I remember Geno Smith at West Virginia. He had like a a stupid year where he was just, you know, West Virginia was putting up like 70 points. And he he went to the NFL and then he, you know, you didn't hear about him. And correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, I think he has like the record for like longest gap between NFL starts. I think he went like eight years and then started this year. 
And Geno Smith is actually a great NFL story this year. I think and it's awesome, and he's playing really well. He's outplaying Russell Wilson. Didn't he end up on the? Oh, yeah. Was he on the Jets at one point? He, he's. He I know he's been. Didn't he start on the Jets? Like what? I, I think so. And to? see, when you go to the Jets, you you go into obscurity anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know it. They, you, nothing really like happens with the Charlotte Jets. It's like Mark Sanchez, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the Jets are just kind of cursed when it comes to that. Yeah. Geno Smith's a really great story. I'm rooting for him, man. How old is Geno? I mean, he's got to be in his 30s. Because um, I, I remember him, what was it, like 20 – whenever he was playing, Kentucky was terrible. Well, let's see. West Virginia, did he, was he before or after Pat White at West Virginia? After. Okay. See. So Geno Smith was born in 1990. So he's 31, 32. He's going to turn 32 here in about a week. So. I mean, I, that that's crazy. That's a heck of a story. And like you all said, he's he's outplayed Russell Wilson. He was drafted in 2013. So. He's still a youngster, guys. He's still a young guy. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady will be playing until he's 60. Yeah, the rate is going. Uh, guys, just a couple other quick notes before we uh, get into a few other things here. i got to give my alma mater its weekly shout-out, Lindsey Wilson. Sean, how about this score? 12 to 3. Shoo, it sounds like a field goal. A defensive battle. And now, wasn't they playing a top 10 team? Yeah, um, no, it's actually a team just outside uh, outside of the rankings, but probably deserves to be ranked. 12 Tom, to 3. Thomas Moore. Uh, so, Lindsey Wilson versus Thomas Moore, the battle of the names. Are they undefeated still, Lindsey? Lindsey Wilson is still undefeated, and I believe still number three in the country. So. Shout out Kenzie Kearns. Yep, Kenzie Kearns, former Russell County. Uh, Russell County alum who's an assistant over there. So shout out to Kenzie. Absolutely. All right, guys, upset picks time. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I didn't listen to the whole podcast last week. I don't know how y'all did. Uh, I'm I was, horrible. I was trying to, I was trying to outrun a hurricane. And well, uh, Derek picked Arkansas over Alabama, and you know it started out 28 to nothing Alabama, and I, I was like, Derek, uh, yeah, you didn't do a very good job. And then Arkansas comes back, I think. Brings it within like five, and then I'm thinking, oh, here's a game. And then to show you how good Alabama is, within like five minutes, they were up by 20. <laughs> and that's with their backup quarterback. Too, yeah, with so. the backup quarterback. Who, who also looked like he's out of a video game. So Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I, Alabama, their backups are all Americans. Alabama's backup quarterback kind of looks like Derrick Henry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. So – my upset pick this week, you know, it's kind of funny. Derek went with Arkansas last week. I'm going Arkansas this week. Arkansas goes on the road to Mississippi State. Isn't Mississippi State like a nine-point favorite? Mississippi State is a nine-point favorite. they 23rd in the country. Mississippi State seems to be pretty good this year. Well, they got Will Rogers. I mean, he's like Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah, he might, he might be even better. I don't know. but uh, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, most overrated player in the NFL. <laughs> but I think – I think Arkansas coming off that lost Alabama, I think they're going to get back on track this week. They're going to go on the road and pick up a uh, big win over Mississippi State. And Sam Pittman's going to take Mississippi State to the pits. <laughs> there you go. What you guys got? Um, I have a pretty big upset. This team is a 21-point underdog and may be the worst team in FBS football, but i got to pick them. I'm going to pick Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors, over Steve Fisher in San Diego State. <laughs> Steve Fisher coaching the football team now. <laughs> <laughs> he goes from the Fab Five to the basketball team. Now he's uh, offensive coordinator. But now I just, you know, I mean, the, the Rainbow Warriors have to get a win sometime. They got blown out by Vandy. They've been blown out every game this year. They're going to get their big win. Hawaii football should really, like, 
have something to do with their podcast because we talk about them about every week. Yeah, I mean, mostly bad, but mostly hey, bad. I, I'm, I'm I'm picking them this week. Going with putting some faith in them. This By week. the way, uh, San Diego State. Shout out to uh, Rashad Penny. Uh, playing for the uh, Seahawks this year. Had a really good game the other day against Detroit. Yeah, there's our San Diego State alum of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go with our, our good friend and uh, confidant, Mel Tucker. <laughs> Michigan State is going to get the big upset over Ohio State. Ohio State, a 27-point favorite currently. It's at Michigan State. You know, Ohio State seems to always lose one about this time of year, and Michigan State always seems to win a game they shouldn't. So hopefully the stars align for that one. Michigan State is absolutely horrible. You remember last year they were decent, and you know everybody was like, Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker. He got a big uh, fat contract extension up there, and uh, you know now he's back to normal, Zach. Yeah, Michigan State, I mean, surprise. I mean, a lot of people thought Michigan State would be good going into this year, and they, they've not looked that great. They've looked horrible. They but, can't score. So – uh, Mel Tucker may need to win that game to kind of get some faith of the. They better, they better bring Mark D'Antonio back or get, Tom Izzo. Get the Spartan faithful back on his side. <laughs> uh, Michigan State lost three in a row actually right now. Looking uh, really lost at Washington, uh, lost to Minnesota thirty-four-seven, and then lost at Maryland twenty-seven to thirteen. Perfect week to get back on track. This yeah, speaking of Minnesota. <laughs> You want to talk about an awful game. You know, they played Purdue last week and lost 20 to 10. I mean, Minnesota scored 10 points. Ooh. Now, that, that, and that, that's a horrible, horrible game to watch. <laughs> well, speaking of horrible games, guys, um, we need to pick a couple of those. I've got mine. It's a rivalry. It's a the rivalry of the directional Michigan schools. <laughs> East Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Ooh. Central time, of course. If this was a midweek MAC game, I might would tune in for a little bit of it just to have something to do on a you know random Tuesday night. But it's a, it's the early game on one of the early games on Saturday. CBS going up with Tennessee, LSU, TCU, Kansas, and Arkansas, Mississippi State. Who in the country, outside of the people in East Michigan and West Michigan, are watching that rivalry game? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, the CBS Sports Network uh, continuing to get the crappy games. I mean, it's kind of surprising, but yeah, that game is just going to be absolute hot garbage. I'm sure you could probably pay a dollar and get in to watch it. Can Michigan State beat Eastern Michigan or Western Michigan? They did beat Western Michigan. Could they beat Eastern Michigan? Yeah, you know, I mean, you got to watch those Michiganers on the east side. <laughs> they're, they're a different kind of crew. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go with uh, the Ohio Bobcats, two and three, taking on the uh, the LeBron Jameses of Akron. Shout out That'll to Frank Solich. Ohio, two and three. Akron, one and four. That game is at one o'clock Saturday on. It says ESPN three. Good luck finding that. Yeah, the I believe guys, the Akron head coach was the guy at Mississippi State before Mike Leach. I believe that's correct. Joe Moorhead. Yeah, I believe that's I believe that's what he's uh, doing now. And he's continuing his streak of losing <laughs> from Mississippi State. Now he's losing it. Very close to becoming UK's offensive coordinator two years ago. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's an interesting little factoid. He was very close to that. Yeah, that, that, thank God we got Liam Cohen. <laughs> All right, so mine, this is another team that's usually the worst team in FBS. They're 2-4 and four right now, so it's probably their best start they've had in probably 30 years. It is the Connecticut Huskies, not coached by Jim Calhoun, taking on Florida International. 
That game is a 6 o'clock primetime kickoff, <laughs> and it's on ESPN3. Uh, Connecticut's quarterback is 62 for 113 for 559 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. And FIU's quarterback is 72 out of 119 for 663, seven TDs to two INTs. So pretty crappy quarterback play all around. UConn is a uh, – Let's see, is there a line on that? UConn is a 25-point favorite, which I don't think UConn's <laughs> ever been a favorite. Is it, how much favorite? 25. 20, oh, FIU. Remember, that was the team Western blew out 73-0. to zero. Okay, wait a minute. This goes to show that I can't read lines very well. Uh, <laughs> UConn is a 5.5-point favorite. 20, there's a 25 on here somewhere. That may be the uh, – the, uh, oh, that's just the team rankings. My bad. Yeah, UConn is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 46-and-a-half points. I'm probably going to take the under on that. Yeah, I wouldn't count on FIU to uh, score many points. FIU's notable alum of the day, former NBA basketball player, Raja Bell. Butch, Butch Davis, former Miami head coach, coached at FIU. Well, guys, that uh, about wraps it up. Yeah, just about, guys. But before we get out here, real quick, uh, I know we got a, a lot of baseball folks that, that tune in. What about Aaron Judge? He finally hit that home run, number 62. He's got the AL single season record. Uh, now, you know, uh, you see the video of it. You know, you see the fan uh, the diving after he's 10 feet away. He dives down, I think, 12, 15 foot drop to no avail. Uh, so finally, Aaron Judge, no cut ins uh, for college football this week. It's, it's, uh, I think the regular season is finishing up uh, sometime this week. Yeah. You know, I... I could really care less. I I am not a baseball fan, um, so I was pretty annoyed seeing them cut into the UK Ole Miss game to watch that crap. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge is not really the uh, the leader because uh, that's Barry Bonds, correct? But yeah, Barry Bonds is the uh, is the all time season leader with seventy three. That was back in. Uh, yeah, that was it's been back gosh twenty years ago or so the now. Roid uh, era, yeah. which is a great era in baseball. It happened in two thousand one, I believe. Uh, and and one other baseball factoid: uh, Albert Pujols has hit his seven hundred and third career home run. I think that makes him he's in the top five in he's that a resurgence this year. Yeah, and he's he, he's getting ready to retire. You know, after the playoff run for the uh, is over, uh, you know, he's getting ready to hang it up. Uh, seven hundred and three home runs, but his RBI total he just passed. Babe Ruth for second all-time in Major League Baseball history. So you know, I think it, it's amazing. Forty-two years old, I believe. It's amazing Babe Ruth still has a lot of records. I know he's looked at as one of the greats, but you look back in those days, guys. You had people out there eating hot dogs on the on the bases, well, smoking what, cigarettes. What Babe Ruth was doing. He's having a hot dog, drinking beer, and smoking a cigarette. He, he, he did not look like a – you know, you look at pictures, of him, he did not look like an athlete at all. I mean, the times all. have just changed so much. You'd have coaches smoking cigarettes on the – I mean, could you imagine Mark Stoops or John Calipari lighting up a cigarette on the sideline? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was back I mean, in the day. You, you imagine an Oscar Sheboy just – Smashing a beer before he goes out. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny. I, I I look back on those times. I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, what a we, difference. We've came a long way, but just a couple of baseball factoids, uh, you know, to, to finish this we're off closer here. To ending the baseball season. That's so. right. Yeah, playoff. Hallelujah. Playoff starting soon. Oh, good for Aaron Judge. I'm glad we're we got away from the cut-ins. Uh, but, uh, very awesome for Albert because you know he kind of you know dropped out for a little bit after going to the Angels. It's it's good to see him going out with a bang. I think this he, year. Yeah, I think he's got. 
somewhere close to 25 home runs in his farewell season that's at 42 great, years man. old. I mean, that's awesome. That's yeah. kind. Of, that's kind of storybook. Yeah, that's good because he because he was he was kind of laying low there for a while and then kind of had a resurgence and good for him. And I'm, I'm glad for Aaron Judge he can hold that kind of record that I think's just kind of been made up by ESPN over the last few weeks. Just yeah. But if you play and prepare, you will succeed. That's what Aaron Judge has done that's this what season. Aaron Judge has done, and he shows us. Motto of life. It's a fascinating season for sure. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you all for listening. Go Cats. Got it! Touchdown, Kentucky! With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life.